to her. Acts chapter number 20. If you're guests with us today, I want to thank you for being here today. And um, thank you for putting up with the heat and uh, coming under this tent with us. We're glad that you are here today. And I hope that you have been blessed by the singing. I pray that you'll be helped by the message today. And uh, let's just, let's pray now and ask the Spirit of God to just minister to us and help us here today. Father, Lord, all of us are aware that it's hot. Lord, all of us are aware that we are living in, Lord, just critical days in our country, in our world. Lord, many have said they've never seen anything like what we're seeing in our world today. And Lord, that can bring fear. That can cause a spirit, uh, Lord, that we just form anxiety in our life. It can lead us to being afraid and scared of what the future holds. Lord, we come here and we're not in our usual place of worship. Today, it's louder than normal and it's hotter than normal. And Lord, there's so many things right now that I believe that can distract us from hearing what your word wants us to hear, that you desire for us to hear. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll just calm us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have free reign in this place. I pray whether the distraction is something that we are personally going through in our life or the distraction is something physical here that we're dealing with, Lord, I pray that you would remove that just for these moments as we study your word. And Holy Spirit of God, we need your help today. We need you to encourage us. We need you to strengthen us. Lord, there's people that we love that are hurting. They're hurting physically. They're hurting spiritually. They're hurting emotionally today. And we know and we believe and we trust you that you can touch them and you can heal them. We know whatever issue we're facing today that you have the solution for. And Lord, if you choose not to fix the problem, Lord, you've promised never to leave us nor forsake us. You're there through this and we thank you for that. And so Lord, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. May it change our lives today. May it cause us to be more like Christ. Would we appreciate and enjoy the relationships that you've given to us here on this earth? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look with me, if you would, please, this morning in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 7. Paul is, as we looked at last week, is getting ready to uh, depart into Asia. Paul's got a goal, and we'll see this next Sunday. Paul has a goal. He's, he's wanting to get to Jerusalem before Pentecost. But in this route and in this endeavor to get to Jerusalem, God is bringing people and doing things in Paul's life. And, and sometimes that's kind of like us. We have a goal in our life, and, and we want to get to a certain place, or we want to be at a certain location, or in our own lives, we think that we should be at a certain place by this time in our life, but God has plans for our life. And what I want us to see here in chapter number 20, that we must be yielded to God's plan as he plans our life. And sometimes it might not look like our plan, but know this today, and please don't forget this, that God's plan is always better than the plans that we make for ourselves. Always. It's always better. 
And Paul is learning that here in chapter number 20. And also what we're finding here, and we started last week and we'll end next week on this area of relationships. And I mentioned this to you last week, that God never intended for you to do life alone. He never intended for you to live your life and never deal with anyone else or never uh, consider anyone else or never uh, have relationships with other people. We, we found in the Old Testament, in the beginning of time, God created Adam and said about Adam, the first human being, it's not good that you're alone. He made Adam a helpmeet. And all through the Bible, you would find where there were individuals that going through different seasons in their life, there were relationships and friendships that they had that encouraged them and helped them as God planned their life. People are important. People have said this often, preachers have said this, church would be wonderful if it wasn't for people. But the reality is this, there would be no church if it wasn't for people. Some might say this, you know, marriage would be wonderful if it wasn't for my spouse. Well, marriage is about having a spouse. You know, what my, my dad used to say this, grandkids are wonderful. If I would have known how great they are, I would have just skipped having children and went right to grandchildren. But guess what? You can't have grandchildren unless you have children. Relationships are important. We need to see that and understand that, that God desires for you to have relationships. People don't always have to be frustrating. Every time you deal with something or someone, it doesn't have to be frustration. There's great joy and there's great comfort and there's wonderful things that we as human beings need that only come through relationships. We found this last week that Paul, he, through his relationships, we found that he embraced and that, that level of comfort that comes from relationships, not this surface relationship, but a, a deep relationship where you're able to embrace and share emotion and feeling. He exhorted a relationship where he could speak truth into someone's life so that, that uh, it would move them to do something. We found where he had relationships that accompanied him, those that were willing to go with someone on the journey that God has for them to be an encouragement. And then that last one that we looked at was the relationship where they tarried with him, someone that was willing to stay longer than necessary. I think that's an important relationship, a, an important characteristic of relationships because if we're not careful, we get frustrated with people easily. They're not where we want them to be. They're not as far as we'd like them to go. They're not in their life where we think they ought to be by this time, and we get frustrated. And if we're not care, uh, careful, we can just write people off, walk away from them. But Paul here had friends that tarried with him, that stayed longer than they expected. They got out of their comfort zone. They were willing to sacrifice. And God give us friends that are willing to tarry with us as we live and do the life that God has called us to. Now we come to verse number seven. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Paul was a long-winded preacher. How many of you love long-winded preachers? Say amen. 
That's what I thought. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. Now, this sounds like a church service, right? The preacher's preaching long and the people are sleeping. <laughs> this is a church service happening and the people have come and there's this young man that he's there in that window and he falls asleep and Paul was long preaching. He sunk down with sleep and he fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And the average preacher would say, serves you right for falling asleep. And some might even look at this in a judgmental way and say the same thing. But I want you to see what Paul did here. And Paul went down and fell on him. And we see this word that we looked at last week in verse number one, embraced. The Bible says here that Paul went down and fell on him. Embracing him means this, holding him, pulling him in tight showing affection. This was not Paul yelling at him, how dare you fall asleep while I'm preaching. This is Paul loving him, tenderly loving this man. He embraces him and said, trouble not yourselves for he is, his life is in him. And as he's embracing this man that Eutychus had fell out of this window that is dead, he turns to the rest of the church there and he begins to comfort them as well. He says, trouble not yourselves, or don't worry. Eutychus is not dead. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, Paul went back to preaching, even till the break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. And when we find that phrase, not a little comforted, meaning this, they were, that means they were greatly comforted. It wasn't just something that they got over quickly. This act, this situation that Paul embracing him, causing the church not to be troubled in their spirit, and then Eutychus coming back from the dead, being raised from the dead, and then dwelling with them. The Bible says this comforted them, meaning this, it comforted them greatly. I want to talk about relationships today. Our greatest joys are in relationships, but our greatest discouragements are in relationships as well. Relationships can make the biggest impact in your life. You've heard it said before, it's not, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. What that statement is simply saying is this, relationships are valuable. It's who you know, that relationship that you have. Last week, we saw the value of relationships with people when it came to embracing, when it came to exhorting, when it came to accompanying, when it came to tearing. And this week, I want us to see the value of relationships as it uh, pertains to you and the church. The relationship between you and your church. And church is not just a place that we meet. Church is you. Church is me. Church is the people here. We make up the church. And the church is supposed to be a valuable place in the Christian's life. And hear me today, we don't just do this on Sunday for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, check it off our list and said, I went to church. 
I, I would say this, we ought not just simply say I went to church. All of us ought to realize that we are to participate because the church is important in our life. And we've seen this played out over the last several weeks. Is the church essential? In some states, the church wasn't able to meet in person. In some states, even today, the church is not allowed. It's illegal for the church in mass to go into a building and meet. It's, the, the, the government has said it's, it's not. And there's states uh, that have told the church they're not allowed to meet. There's uh, churches, and I, I've shared this with you, that have lawsuits now that are just going through fighting the government just simply for them to meet. Argument, is the church essential or is it not essential? I would say this, to the Christian, the church is vitally important. It's a relationship that you must have in your life in order for you to grow and be what God desires for you to be. The church, that, the, church the Christian that doesn't believe that the church, uh, the called out assembly is a valuable place in their life is going to be very anemic as a Christian. They're going to be very anemic in understanding the, the word of God and the importance of the church. The church is important. And I want to speak to you today about the priority of this relationship. The priority of the relationship between you and the church. And what I mean by that is not you and the name of the church or not you and the building, but you and the people that make up this church. You and the person sitting next to you or sitting across from you or sitting out from underneath the tent, the relationship that you have with other church members, those that you worship with, is vitally important. I want you to turn with me, if you would please, to the book of Hebrews today. Everybody with me? Everybody with me? All right, good. Hebrews chapter 10. No Eutychus is out there falling asleep, right? Look with me in verse number 10, verse 19, or chapter 10, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. He says this, let us draw. Who's he speaking to? Fellow believers, the church. Let us. He didn't say, let me draw or let you draw. This is something that we together are doing. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And he says this again, let us. First was this, let us draw. Let us what? Let us, number two, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. The Bible says this, a third let us, verse number 24, let us what? Consider. Before we're talking about Christ and, and what he's done for us and drawing to him and, and being able to pray to him and the importance of that. Now I want you to see what the author is saying. Let us consider one another to provoke into love and good works. There's something that's vitally important, and it's not, well, what do we have in common? What are the things that we like? What are the hobbies that have that connect us together as a church that allow us to be able to come and worship together? 
I, I would simply say this, hobbies shouldn't be what builds a church and entertainment shouldn't be what builds a church and what we like isn't what builds a church. What builds a church is simply this, that we understand and realize who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us and when we come together and we gather together and we lift our voices up and we sing like we did this morning, we're singing to the Lord Jesus Christ in the fact that he died for us, that he shed his blood for us, that he rose again, that he offers us everlasting life, that he wants to spend eternity with us, that once we're saved, he's preparing a home in heaven for us, that he's there at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Every single need you have, every single trial you're going through, every burden that you face, there is a heavenly Father in heaven, in his throne room, where the, the son sits next to him on his right hand, and he's making intercession, and he's telling the Father our need. Oh, listen to me, church. What builds a church is Jesus Christ in our love for him, our desire to serve him, our desire to please him. And the value of that, when the church meets, he says this, and let us consider one another. When we come and we meet at church, we ought to be considering someone else. Church isn't just for me. It's for me to grow so that I consider someone else and what they're going through. Church isn't what I, what I like and how it meets my needs. Church is there for me to come and, and consider one another to what? To provoke unto love and to good works. You say, where do you see that when it pertains to the church? Look with me the very next verse not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. That's what we've done this morning. We've come together this morning as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That word exhorting, remember we looked at that last week in our relationships. Exhorting one another, speaking to them, causing them to change. Considering others provoke that word in verse number 24. That same is that word exhorting one another. And so much the more, look at this last part of this verse, as ye see the day approaching. Listen to me, church. The day is coming soon, I believe. Jesus Christ is coming again. And it is so important that the church realize that and the church understands the importance of this relationship, the priority of this relationship that we are going to come together, that encouragement is to happen and exhortation is to happen in considering one another and provoking unto love and provoking unto good works. We are supposed to be coming together as a church as the day of the Lord approaches and we're supposed to not get in fear and not be in complaining and not look at the world and be critical about it. But Paul says when you see this day approaching look up because your redemption draweth nigh we see the priority of this relationship in the church I want you to see here in this passage back in Acts chapter number 20 and I'm aware that it's hot and I'm aware if I preach too long like Paul did I'm going to lose you so stay with me please here in this church here, this event that took place between uh, uh, verse number 7 and verse number 12 of this church came together. They were strengthened. 
Look with me in verse number seven. The Bible says, when they came together to break bread, to break bread. Also what happened there is Paul preached. There was a strengthening that took place, not just physically when they came together, and that breaking bread took place then later in these verses that we read. After Eutychus was raised from the dead, they broke bread again. There was a strengthening, a physical strengthening, but also there was a spiritual strengthening. The Bible says that Paul came and Paul preached in verse number one, he preached unto them. They were helped, they were strengthened when they came together. When we come together as a church, the, one of the things that ought to happen is that we're strengthened when we come together. And Paul told Timothy, when, toward the end of Paul's life, as he was preparing Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said this to Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. And this is what he said to Timothy, reprove, rebuke, and he uses that same word, exhort with all long suffering in doctrine. He challenged Timothy toward the end of his life as Timothy was going to now have to function in the ministry without Paul, Timothy would go and, and become an evangelist and preach and people would be saved and churches would be strengthened. And Paul says to him, Timothy, don't forget that your responsibility is to preach the word. Why? Because the preaching of the word strengthens the believer. Oh, listen to me, church. When we come together, we ought to expect, we ought to desire, we ought to want the preaching of God's word. We ought to want to be strengthened, especially in the days that we're living in. I'm so, I'm so concerned about Christianity. I'm so concerned about the church today. They say this right now, if these statistics are true, 32% of church members, Bible-believing church members, they haven't watched their church online. They haven't been back to church since March, since churches were closed and since uh, states closed up their economies and churches weren't able to meet. 32, a third of the church is missing. And many of those will not come back. And I would say this to two-thirds of the church that isn't missing, and that would be those that are here today, those that are watching online today. Many of those, a high percentage of those, are looking at the events of the world, and they're fearful, and they're afraid, and they're concerned about what's happening. It's affected their life. It's causing anxiety. It's causing discouragement. And if there's ever been a time, like Paul, uh, the author here in Hebrew says, that we need to come together and be encouraged and be strengthened, I believe it's today. I believe the church ought to understand that its focus ought to be for the caring and for the nurturing of its church members to be strengthened. Why? Because we must go out and live our lives as ambassadors for Jesus Christ coming to this place, and I pray coming to this church is a church that you'll always find preaching. But I pray that through that preaching and through the events that we have in this church that our people are strengthened. But hear me, church, in order for us to be strengthened, Paul says to Timothy, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Listen to me, sometimes preaching always isn't what we want to hear. But God help it to be always what we need to hear. 
As the day of the Lord approaches, I believe this, that we ought to be living lives pleasing the Lord. I think right now, if you're a Christian, you ought to be concerned. You ought to be doing everything you possibly can to make sure that your marriage is strong and Christ-honoring. I believe that you ought to make sure your home is strong and Christ-honoring. If you're a parent today, you ought to be concerned and you ought to make it a priority that your children are being raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that they are being grounded in the Word of God, that their faith is strong, that you are living a life in such a way and being an example in such a way that your children see what serving the Lord looks like and what it ought to be and how to be pleasing to the Lord. I believe that's the type of preaching that we ought to hear. I believe that we ought to hear that we're not given a spirit of fear, but, but that we ought to have faith. Oh, listen to me. If, you're, if this COVID and these crises has affected maybe your job, listen to me. I want you to understand this, that God is still on the throne, that God is still going to supply, that he's going to meet your needs, that your family is in God's hands and he is in control. And oh, listen to me. I understand the time. Maybe it seems a little scary, but I want you to know that these are the times that the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Oh, listen, you might be there today in a valley in the shadow of death, but the psalmist said, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Listen to me, when we come to church, we ought to be strengthened. If you're discouraged, you ought to find encouragement. But I would say this as well. If you're living in sin, there ought to be conviction. Oh, far too often, and Paul says this to Timothy. If we were to read there in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he would talk about those that began to, to go to those uh, uh, that, would, that had itchy ears, those, that, uh, those teachers that, that ne- didn't necessarily preach on sin and didn't necessarily preach against uh, uh, sin, but, but just kind of went along with it. Listen to me, I pray that God always allows this church to be a church where people come that are strengthened. When people need encouragement, they can come and find encouragement. But if someone comes and they're willingly continuing to live in sin, I pray they come to this church and they find a place of conviction. Let me hurry here. I want you to see this also, this priority in this relationship between the church. Also, they were cared for. In verse number 10, and Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for this life is in him. Church was a place where people were cared for. We find this word embrace again. This time it was when an individual needed help. Now hear me, please hear this. Eutychus needed help. He was sitting in this window and he fell asleep and he died. He fell. Three stories. But the focus wasn't on whose fault is this. The focus wasn't on, well, if Eutychus wouldn't have fallen asleep, he wouldn't have died. Paul, if you wouldn't have preached long, he wouldn't have fallen asleep. Well, if somebody would have been down there and caught him, he wouldn't have died. Well, if the person sitting next to him would have woken him up, whose fault is this? The focus wasn't on whose fault it was. What was he doing even sitting in a window? Listen, as we find this story in the Bible, so often we find stories of people, events like this, just snapshots of an event, and we don't find the person's name. 
But I found it interesting here in this passage of Scripture that he's named. We find his name. It's Eutychus. The Bible could have just simply said there was a man sitting in a window and he fell. But it told us that there was an individual. His name is Eutychus. You know why I believe this? And Paul came and he ministered. He embraced this man called Eutychus. You know why I believe this? Because individuals are important in the body of Christ. There are some that come to church and they think this, am I important? The answer is yes. I I want you to know this. There's not a single person more important in this church than someone else. Are the deacons the most important people in a church? They have an important role, but it doesn't make them a more important people. Well, I can't give a lot, so those that give, are they the most important people in the church? Now, giving is important, but, but it doesn't make you the most important person in the church. I, I want you to know this. If I could talk to each individual person and stand in front of you and tell you, I'd tell you this. You are vitally important to this church. Your needs are important. God has gifted you with talents and he's placed you in this church to do something for him. Every single person that makes up this church, you're important. When Eutychus, one person fell, they all stopped what they were doing to run to his help and run to his aid. I thought about this church. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can get so busy doing church that we lose sight of the people that we're supposed to be ministering to. So often we get plans and put a vision together and, 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 and get busy doing things and, and get busy in our programs and, and get busy in our schedules and get busy in our calendars. And we lose sight that it's the people that are important. Individuals are important. The, the, the Doug Davisons and, and the Bonnie Nixons and, and, and those that are on our list right now that have cancer and those that have family members that, that have shed many tears. I think this church, there's a time that every so often we ought to stop with our busy schedules. We ought to stop with our calendars. We ought to stop with our lives and run to the aid of someone that has a great need. I'll tell you this church, what COVID has done for me it has caused everything in our church to just stop. And no longer are we looking at calendars and making sure our staff meetings aren't about, all right, is this set, is that set, or our chairs ordered, are these ordered, is that done? Is all the details being taken care of? But it's caused us to come to place to look at people and say, how are they doing? What are they going through? Listen to me, church, that prayer list that we have every week, those are needs of people that we do church with. There are some this week that are going to go, they're going to go to the bedside of someone they love. There are going to be some this week that are going to look through a, a window because they're not allowed inside to see a, a loved one, and they're going to shed many tears. 
There's going to be some that are going to get a surge you this week, and 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 their 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 uh, a spouse or their children or someone they love isn't going to be allowed to go in there with them and sit with them and minister with them before that surgery starts, because they're not allowed to be together. There are people right here under this tent and outside of this tent right now that are going through trials and are carrying heavy burdens. And God help us not to be a place where people that have great needs, that people that are hurting, that people can come and go through their hurt and we can see it and leave and just, just go back to our busy lives. Well, a few of them will take care of Eutychus. He shouldn't have been sitting up there anyways. It's only one person. It's only Eutychus. A couple of you, go, go see what his need is. And Paul just keeps plowing and keeps preaching. And the people keep doing church. I want you to see something here. They cared. They cared. They took time and they stopped to minister to someone. We have widows in our church. We have shut-ins in our church. And listen to me, our responsibility as a church is take the time to minister to them. Well, they can't serve anymore. And when we need help, they, they don't volunteer. And, and physically, they can't help. And, 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 and they don't give. And, and, and they don't even come any much like they used to. They're still vitally important to this body and this body ought to care. There's younger ladies in this church that are doing everything they can to, to hold their families together. And they look at the pressures and look at the situations of raising kids and, and, and trying to be a, a good mom and, and trying to be a good wife. And, and, and they think they're failing miserably and, the, and, they, and they need help. And they're, they're thinking that they're all alone. They need an older lady, a seasoned lady, like the Bible says, to walk alongside of them, encourage them, pray with them. Listen to me, every, every man here in this church ought to be walking alongside of another man in this church, caring for them, ministering to them. One thing I love about our church, we have everything from babies in the mom's womb right now to people in their 90s. You want to know why? Because everyone's important. Every single person is important. And every single person is important enough for us to stop what we're doing and run to them when there's a need. And lastly, let me say this. I want you to see here the priority of this relationship. They witnessed, they witnessed this care, but they also witnessed the power of God at work. Church is where we ought to see God at work. Would you say amen to that? It's not about what man can do in his own strength. It's not about let's get an army of people together and conquer the world. No, it's about us coming together and in humility, uh, bowing our heads and bowing our knees in praying and asking God for power and asking the Holy Spirit to work and realizing that we can do nothing outside of the power of God. The Bible says when two or more are gathered in my name, 
there I am in the midst. It doesn't say if two of the smartest people are gathered, there's going to be wisdom. If two of the most good looking are gathered, there's going to be great work done. No, it says when two or more are gathered, what? In my name. And what name is that? In the name of Jesus Christ. And oh, let me say this, the church ought to be a place where people gather, they come together. And oh, I, I, I might not have a whole lot to bring as an individual, but when I gather myself with the body of Christ and we gather in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he is in the midst. And oh, listen to me, when Jesus is in the midst, powerful things happen. When he is there, wonderful things take place. I would submit to you this, if Jesus was not in this church, was not in this place, when Eutychus fell out of that window, they would have had a funeral service that day for Eutychus. The only reason why he was able to come back from the grave is because Jesus Christ was at work, because the power of God was there. Paul had no power in his own strength. He had power to raise them from the dead because that power came from the Lord Jesus Christ. Old in the church, the dead come to life spiritually. That means this, the church ought to be a place that when someone comes and they need to find everlasting life, they don't find just some spiritual or some religious remedy, but they find the solution. And that solution is Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what they ought to find when the sick are made whole, when sinners come and they repent, when broken marriages are restored, when the discouraged uh, at heart find encouragement, when the fearful find peace, and when the weary find rest. The Bible still says, come unto me all ye that are labor, uh, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a place where the weary ought to come and find strength. It's where the broken are restored. Oh, listen to me. It's when those that are addicted come and they find help. I'm afraid that so many times, if we're not careful, the church looks more like a, 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 a place where perfect people gather. We put everything together a, a certain way, but it ought to be a place that when people come God is able to work. Listen to me, we've come to a place, if we're not careful in church, it's all about performance. And we come to the place where we do all of the work, we don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. God, help us never be a place where we can function without the work of the Holy Spirit. I told our staff this past week in a staff meeting, I want us to be ready. I want us to be prepared. I want us to work hard. I want us to make sure things are in order and, and there's apps and there's websites and there's technology and, and there's a soundboard and there's fans. And I want us to make sure that when you come, the chairs are, are ready for you to, to sit on. I, I want us to, to come early and be prepared. I want us to put hard work and thought into what we're doing. But let's never get to a place that we've done everything that we can do. And so the Holy Spirit of God has no room to work. Oh, listen to me, I want us to be prepared to sing. And I want us to have the words so that you can sing. But oh, I want to be able that when we sing and the Spirit of God begins to work, that we feel the liberty to worship, that we feel that God is speaking to us, that we respond. Let's never be a church. Let's never be a place where we gather where the Spirit of God doesn't work. It's a place where the Spirit of God ought to move. It's a place where the Spirit of God ought to convict. And hear me, church, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned in these days the church has become weakened. 
As I said, 32% of the church are saying don't even watch or participate any longer in their church. Many have no no plans to return. Hear me, I I mean this. I, I, I truly mean this with love and care as your pastor. But if a little bit of heat would cause us not to come together to worship, then we don't understand the priority of the church. Because there are people around this world right now in, in, in countries that they're meeting in pr- private, in hiding. There's people that are meeting right now that they have a threat against their life if they're found out. And you know what they do? They continue to meet. You know why? Because they know the value of the church. You see, church is important. Because church is not something that we made up. Church is who Christ died for. The church. The church is a called out assembly. You're not here by accident. You're here because God placed you here. You see, this relationship that you have with the church, it's an important relationship. It's a place that you ought to be cared for. It's a place that we ought to see the power of God work. It's a place that you ought to be strengthened. That's the importance of the relationship of your church. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, I realize today there is the potential of a lot of things in our heart and mind that could cause us to be distracted. Lord, I pray today that we would see the relationship that we ought to have with the church, that we are the church, that we ought to be strengthened, that we ought to care, and that we ought to expect the Holy Spirit to do a great work every time we meet. So Lord, if there's any area in us as individuals that needs to be changed, that you need to bring attention to, that your Holy Spirit needs to guide us and direct us and that we need to realize we need to do better. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would show us that. And I pray that we'd be obedient. That we see the importance and the priority of the relationship that we have with our church. That when we say the church, we we mean us. And so, Lord, if there's someone here today that is discouraged, Lord, if there's someone here today that's looking and saying, I can't face tomorrow. Lord, if there's someone here today that says, I don't know if I can take another day in this marriage. Lord, maybe the parent today that just says, I feel like I'm failing. I don't know the answers and I'm not the parent that my children need. Maybe there's someone here, Lord, that's going through a medical issue. There's someone that's lost their job. 
or someone that's just anxious and don't even, they don't even know why. They're just filled right now with anxiety and fear. God, where are they going to find help if they can't find it here? Lord, where are they going to go if they can't go to your church? And Lord, if someone came with a need, then there's got to be someone else here that can help them in that need. And it might just be someone kneeling with them and praying that the power of God come and give them hope. It might just be a a friend to encourage them. It it might just be someone to come and speak a good word of encouragement to, to lift their spirits. It might be someone showing them in your word a promise. But Lord, it's got to be here. Because this is your people, this is your church. And this is how you work here upon this earth. And so Lord, strengthen us, encourage us, and help us to see your power. And I ask you this in Jesus' name. As we continue with our invitation this morning, We've been challenged to meet somebody's need to become outward focused. Maybe this morning you're sitting here and you need to pray and ask God to send somebody to you. Maybe this morning you're sitting here and somebody has already come to your mind that is sitting in this room and the Lord is telling you that you need to be an encouragement to that person. Before you leave this place, will you pray and ask God to give you the courage to walk up to that person and encourage them? Maybe you've been so focused on the things that are going on in the world that you haven't focused on what scripture is telling you, that God is in control and you have allowed your emotions to get out of control and lose focus. This morning, will you commit to returning to scripture and what scripture tells you? And maybe this morning as you've looked inward, Maybe this morning you're sitting here and you have not begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you heard this morning how Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for you. And he paid the penalty that you would have to pay of separation from God. But because of his shed blood on the cross, you don't have to pay that penalty. Maybe you're listening this morning on the internet or you're watching this later on in a video and you realize that you need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is this easy. It is accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that these things are written that we may know that we have eternal life. What is written? That Jesus Christ came and he was the perfect payment for our sin. He died on the cross He paid the penalty of separation and his blood covered our sin. And this morning, it's as easy as saying this. If you'd bow your head and you'd close your eyes with me this morning, and maybe this morning you need to pray and ask God for help to be an encouragement with somebody. Maybe this morning you need to pray this prayer and you would say, God, 
today I realize that I need a relationship with you. I understand that my sin is what separates me from you. And now I know that Jesus paid my penalty so that I can spend eternity with you. So today I repent of my sin and I accept the gift of salvation that Jesus provided for me through his death on the cross. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me and paid the price that I could never pay. In Jesus' name, amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, maybe you're here and you'd say, Pastor Chris, I have never prayed that prayer before. I've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, but today I did that. There's nobody looking around. Would you raise your hand and just let me know that that was you this morning? I did that. Just slip your hand up and put it down. Maybe this morning you're online and you have prayed that prayer. We would love to hear that you began your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you just simply fill out the Connect card on the church app and let us know, or you could call the church and let us know that you received Jesus this morning, we would celebrate with you. Father, we are thankful that we have the Word of God that encourages us and helps us to not be inward focused, but to be outward focused and to minister to the people around us. Because Father, we have the answer today and the answer is you. And so Father, I pray that you'll help us to leave this place encouraged knowing that we can encourage those around us. We don't have to worry, we don't have to fear because you are in control. Lord, thank you for meeting us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We just wanna remind you of our church app. If you can't get here, if you can't make it, you get sick, you reach somebody, you know somebody that you can encourage this week, you can tell them about our church app, our church website, and let them know that they can look and watch our services there online. But we're glad that you are here this morning. Again, as we begin to move into our services, we're going to be contacting you and asking you to help with some areas as we move indoors. And so as we do that, or if you'd like to help and nobody contacts you, you can sign up on the church app under our connect card and just let us know that uh, you would like to be part of the team that helps us to move back into our building. We're so grateful you're here this morning. If there's any way we can help you, please let us know. Otherwise, have a great week and we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.